Welcome to the Raw This Podcast, episode 15. I am your host, the man behind everything for RawAdis.com, Mr. Josh Lewis. And welcome. Let's get a few things out of the way off the top. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, Spotify, and wherever else you might find it. Uh, always go to RawAdis.com for uh, me, more of me. And of course, go to youtube.com slash raw autos to like and subscribe to videos that we've done or I've done. Uh, and of course, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, raw autos on there. And uh, yeah, and of course, as always, if you would like to email me, communicate with me, or chat with me at all, you can email me at josh at rawautos.com. Huh. Now that we've got that out of the way, <laughs> let's begin with this episode. Uh, nobody is coming on the podcast today. It's just me talking to you, just like it was on Friday. Just remember, only one podcast for this week, uh, this podcast, and then you will hear me again on May 11th, uh, which is my birthday. So no need to send me flowers or birthday messages or any love, because it doesn't really matter. I choose not to celebrate my birthday as often as possible. <laughs> um... But this week I thought we'd talk about something simple. Buying used cars and new cars. Right now, obviously, we are going through an unprecedented situation with uh, the coronavirus. And I, uh, I have talked to my brother, my older brother. Uh, he's eight years older than I am. Um, and so we've been talking about going in on a classic car together or some type of car. Uh, so... My dad knows this. I've talked to my dad about it. My dad is, uh, has invested in cars for many years, uh, enjoyed ownership of them, and he's recently just basically purged most of his classics. Uh, the only thing that's left is a 1979 uh, Resto Modded Trans Am that is absolutely badass. Um, and uh, if he's actually in the market of selling it, so if you'd like to inquire about it, feel free. Uh, again, joshuarodis.com. But I was talking to my dad a couple weeks ago, and he was telling me that he thinks uh, we should instead, instead of going for a classic car, we should go for something more modern. Uh, my dad had been driving the Trans Am, uh, I, I want to say it was sometime last summer, and he said he was driving and he came around this corner and he was going a little bit too fast and uh, it's kind of a, you know, country area. Uh, he said he was coming around this corner and there was a, a truck just basically stopped. I, I'm assuming it was like a delivery truck of sorts and it was stopped kind of in the middle of the, uh, in the middle of the street or in the middle of his lane. And, uh, he went to avoid it, but there was other traffic coming. So he had to slam on the brakes and, you know, so he said it, it at that mo in that moment, it was a little weird because he just thought, you know, this is kind of kind of crazy because there are no airbags in this 79 Trans Am. Uh, there is a, there was a seatbelt tensioner that was added to it, uh, because the rest of mod. And he said, it just, it, he just realized that had he been coming around the corner any faster than he was, he said he was going about, I think 10 over the speed limit. Um, and he said any faster and, and he would have, you know, quite possibly creamed into the just gone right back in, into the back of the, uh, the the truck that was there. So, and it was just a two-lane, you know, back road. And um, so it just kind of freaked him out a little bit. And he was like, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> I'm okay. Um, 
and he just decided uh, it's just not worth it anymore. He's you know he's 69 years old. Uh, he'll be 70 in November of this year, and not that that's old by any means, but he just realized that he's had plenty of time to enjoy these cars all of his life, you know, and he has had the ability to enjoy them. You know, and luckily for him, he's had the means and the ability to enjoy them, to actually have some of the best cars that he's always dreamt of. And uh, so he was trying to convince my brother and I that, you know, we we should look at something more modern. Um, And uh, my brother and I, the cars that we looked at were we're looking at were, you know, 68, 69 Corvettes, Um, like between 68 to about 72, 73, maybe at the latest and we, you know, we looked at Mustangs and Camaros and we weren't trying to send, we weren't trying to spend a ton of money. We were trying to stay like 15 to $20,000 each, you know, under that amount. Uh, so at 20 grand each, that'd be a $40,000 car, you know? So it, my brother has, uh, has lived the life of a mechanic for years. Um, I've been his assistant. Uh, he owned a business where he, was a mobile, uh, kind of a mobile mechanic, a mobile oil change business as well. And uh, it was for mainly fleet vehicles. And so in the summertime, I, I used to work for him in high school. So, I, you know, I, and I've done some modifications to my car, to my personal cars, um, usually with the help of my brother. And uh, so I know my way around cars, but he knows them way better than I do, you know. Um, but so... <laughs> We've, we've been talking about this for a while. We've been talking about it for years now. But now with the coronavirus, we're really taking it a little bit more seriously, right? And so, you know, we were looking at all these classics and stuff. And then my dad said, get something modern. Get something that you don't think you'll lose money on. That you, that you can enjoy and have fun with. But something with airbags. <laughs> so I, uh, I started looking. And I, I texted my brother and I said, hey, you know, this is what dad had said. And so we talked about it a little bit. And he said, you know, I I think I'm going to have to agree. I, I think dad's right on this one. We, you know, we, we came to uh, we came to an agreement that dad, that our dad was definitely his heart was in the right place. And as much as we would like to have a classic car, we've benefited from our father having these cars, you know, we've been able to drive them and use them and, and not so much abuse them, but enjoy them and appreciate them. You know, um, even, even as far as going fast in them, you know, actually doing a burnout, doing a zero to 60 or you know, having some fun, really going around corners, you know, quickly. So we've been lucky in that way. And so we're looking at different cars now that are not really what, we would have looked at before and you know we we could even maybe stretch to 25 or thirty thousand dollars each you know that it would be a stretch we don't really want to go necessarily to a sixty thousand dollar car but some of these cars we're looking at going you know these are you know pretty good (laughs) pretty good deals like for instance a car that i would have not gone after initially um for multiple reasons. I'm not a convertible guy. And even though red is my favorite color, this is kind of ironic. Red is my favorite color, but I do not want to own a red car. There, there's, <laughs> there's something weird about that. I know my buddy, Tom wants everything red 
wants everything popping. Red is his favorite color, and he will he will wear red while driving a red car uh, with a red hat. Actually, he doesn't really wear hats, but you get the picture. Everything, if everything can be red, perfect, perfect, perfect. He will have a red car. And so, you know, that for him, he loves it. He loves staying flashy, you know? Me? No, I'm fine. Give me the most understated color, and I'm a happy camper. Now, I'm not a huge silver and gray car guy. It depends on the car. It really does. But, you know, I would I prefer blues. I prefer blacks. Uh, some dark gray, some charcoal colors. Yeah. So let me give you a... And I, I'm curious, you know, whoever is listening to this or has listened to this and listens to this in the future... I'm curious what your feedback is on this. I'm curious what your opinions are. So I'm going to give you a couple of the cars that we're looking at or that I'm really looking at that my brother is, you know, kind of paying attention to as well. But this car, again, I would have, I would have not normally considered it. But it's a 2005 911 Turbo convertible. I'm not a convertible guy. And it is red. Has tan interior. Is a manual. Has 41,000 miles. Now, I should preface that mileage is not an issue for me. It's not something that I worry about, right? Uh, especially with German cars. I've, I have, I'm of the opinion that a German car with low mileage is just as bad or potentially worse as a German car with high mileage. And what I mean by that is that as cars, look, as we know, as, you, as cars get older, you need to start changing hoses and rubber and plastics and things like that, right? And so... When you look at high mileage cars, yes, more things need to be replaced depending on what's already been done or depending on the mileage, whatever. But low mileage cars, nothing's been used. Nothing's been used properly. So the car hasn't been driven like it's been stolen. You know, the car hasn't been driven hard and put away wet, so to speak. So just as many things need to be changed right so this 2005 has 41,000 miles on it the car is 15 years old <laughs> and it's done 41,000 miles in that time I mean that to me is indicative of somebody who thought it was either a collector or just didn't care about driving or whatever and it's a beautiful car Beautiful. I'm not necessarily, again, I'm not a convertible guy. I'm not, I just don't want a red car. Um, but I, I could make an exception. They want 45, just under, they want 44 or 5 for this car. And it's a wonderful car. It's beautiful. Doesn't appear to have any accidents or anything on the records. So what do you think? I don't know. You think that's a good car? It's a, it's a 996 911 Turbo? A car that I think is absolutely amazing. It's badass, right? Very fast. Here's what's interesting about that car. That car currently <laughs> could still beat my GT350 to 60. Let that sink in. A car that's 15 years old with what? That car had 450 horsepower? 400, no, 420 horsepower. That car with 106 fewer horsepower and probably about 100 uh, fewer pound-feet of torque can hit 60 
faster than my current 2017 GT350. <laughs> Pretty crazy, right? It's crazy to think that that is is a real thing. Now, granted, this this car, I mean, this convertible, a little bit slower to 60, a little bit heavier. It's about 30, I want to say it's about 33, 3,400 pounds. Whereas my GT350 is 3,700-ish. No, 3,800-ish, whatever. So, pretty big weight discrepancy. <laughs> but my car benefits from what? Modern technology. Modern engine. Uh, I'm sure a better manual gearbox. Certainly a higher revving motor. But that 911 Turbo has two turbos. Has all-wheel drive. Less weight. So, you know... I think the coupes back in the day, I think the coupes were uh, the all wheel, or the uh, turbo coupes for the 996 were 3.8 seconds to 60, which is insane because it came out in 2001. <laughs> in 2001, that car was doing less than four seconds to 60. What the hell? But then again, so was another car. Another car that we're looking at is a C5 Z06. My dad had one when I was in high school. His was an 01 that had been modified. And we're looking at 04s, 03s, with like 40,000, 50,000 miles on them, which is really not much, for, especially for an LS motor, right? 20 grand. <laughs> 20 grand with 40, 50, 40 to 50,000 miles on them. Car was 405 horsepower, 405 pound-feet of torque, Zero to 60 in about 3.9 seconds, 3.8 seconds back in the day. When new. Just what? These cars were cool. They are still great looking, I think. Interior's absolute dog shit on them. <laughs> Interior's just one of the worst, right? I mean, the 996-911 is nothing to write home about, but it is miles ahead of the C5 Corvette. I used to say it all the time when I had a 997 uh, Carrera S. 2007 loved my car and my dad always had c6 corvettes at the time and he'd say oh you know my car's faster my car's better blah 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 and i'd say yeah but your interior is still shittier than my car that is way older and at the time when i had my 07 carrera s it was what 2012 my dad had a had a new zr or uh, he had a 2010 zr1 at that time and I was like, the interior on my car is far superior to the interior on your car. And it's, you know, almost a decade older. <laughs> I mean, granted, they came out. Uh, my car was from 2005 to 2008. His, you know, the C6 Corvette, the C, that was the 997, uh, 911. The C6 Corvette was from 2005 to 2013. So, you know, pretty long shelf life. A lot of the cars I'm looking at are 996 turbos, you know, that are under 50 grand, which is pretty cool. But then there's always just the, I feel like this is always the, uh, the wrench because you get performance, usability, fun, cheaper to maintain and, and keep running. 
of sorts. Now, the Z06 is, you know, not costly to maintain or run. But I think this, because it's even cheaper to buy. E36 M3, sedans. 140, 150,000 miles, you're like about 12 grand. Now, yes, it's a lot of mileage. Yes, there are issues with the rear subframe that need to be addressed or hopefully have been addressed. Not a great interior, not very modern, right? But still has airbags, still safe, still fun to drive, really fun to drive. Not crazy fast, zero to 60 when new was about, what, six seconds, five and a half seconds between those times. A lot of fun though. There's something about slow cars that are fun as hell, right? Oh, and get this actually, just going back to the 911, to the 996, and even the 997, Porsche have just announced that they're going to allow you to buy a screen, an OEM screen, navigation screen, for any year 911, including to the to the 996s, 997s, that allows you to have Apple CarPlay. <laughs> so you'll be able to put... Because the 996s and 997s could have a, at the time, what was it, a six-inch nav screen or whatever that could be in there, um, and you can just swap out that um, that head unit and put in a a modern, you know, what whatever five six inch. They even have them, I think, three and up down to three and a half inches or four inches, whatever, for the older cars. That's awesome. For, they have it for 993s and 964s and, you know, 930s, of course, which was the old turbo. Um, I, I think they do it all the way back to the 60s. Tell me that's not cool. Tell me that's not just absolutely awesome. And how many car companies would benefit from doing something like that that has an OEM fit and finish? God, imagine a BMW putting that in a in a nine uh, sorry in a uh, E36 I'm gonna say 997 meaning 1997 <laughs> M3, but an E36 or an E46 M3 or an E39 M5, that would be so cool. That'd be fantastic. And then think about Corvette doing something like or Chevrolet doing something like that with the Corvette with the old C5s, giving you a little something something. Tell me that's not badass, right? I mean, come on, that's pretty cool. That's pretty damn cool. But anyway, moving on, <clears throat> what about E46 M3s, right? What about E60 M5s? What about a C4 ZR1? <laughs> 50, 60,000 miles for like 15 to 20 grand? Dude, a car that has still to this day holds the production car record for a 24-hour top speed run of 175 miles an hour, almost 176 miles an hour. Tell me that's not cool as hell. From a car that came out in 19, what, 89, 90? At the time had uh, like 380 horsepower, like 370-ish pound-feet of torque, and then they upped it to 405 uh, horsepower, and I think 385 pound-feet of torque, something like that. Cool, cool, cool cars, Right? Absolutely badass. And with that, again, E46 M3, E28 M5 for like 33 grand. <laughs> An 03 911 Targa, yellow. Not a color I'd necessarily jump at, 
but a really, really, really cool color and, and the way this car looks. I actually do like 996 911s. I do. 71,000 miles, 33 grand. Now they say, according to car gurus, it's 9,000 above uh, the value. So what if we get that car, you know, like for what, 20 grand? <laughs> Be still my heart. A 996 Targa. Now, uh, granted, not the greatest of the Targas. I, I know. I agree. Not, you know, heavier, squeakier, rattlier. Or more rattly, I should say. <laughs> what about a 93 Viper RT10? Not even 30 grand. A 92 ZR1, 30 grand for 20,000 miles. Now, also, interestingly enough, 92 was the lowest production year for the ZR1 before the 93. So, 93, 94, 95. Production was capped, I think, at like 450 uh, cars, something like that. Um, because, uh, well, you know, it was a, it was a, the 84 to 96 Corvette, longest running Corvette, right, for one body style. Well, there, of course, there were tweaks here and there. But, the, you know, the interest was waning in the ZR1. But in 93, it got the horsepower bump. But in, what, 94, 95, it had the ugly... The ugly seats that they redid. Ugh. But 92, I think they made 890 cars, something like that. So the lowest production run of the pre-horsepower gain cars. So I think 30 grand is not bad for that car. What about an 03 Viper? 35 grand. 35,000 miles. What about a 2013 M5 Manual, 36 grand. <laughs> what about a Lotus Esprit? Tell me that's not cool. 94 Lotus Esprit, 36 grand, 37 grand for, you know, 35 to 50,000 miles. Incredibly fragile cars, though. You have to be careful. Fragile gearboxes. But they're so cool, aren't they? I mean, just think about... Think about if looks could kill with the Lotus Esprit back in the day, the movie. Think about Pretty Woman. You know, car handles like it's on rails. <laughs> you know, Julia Roberts driving that car around. But another car that I absolutely love that's on this list for me, under $40,000, 2015 Camaro Z28, 2014 Camaro Z28. Think about that. Those are cool cars. LS7 motor, 505 horsepower. Also, um, carbon ceramic brakes. And the shocks from an F1 car. So the shocks on the Z28 were only on two production cars. The Z28. And the Aston Martin 177. 77 cars, $1 million a piece. <laughs> Tell me that's not absolutely badass to think about having a car that has that much. Tech. The only other vehicles that have it, that have those shocks, Formula One cars. So the shocks were Multimatic shocks using DSSV spool valves. 
are directly from a Formula One car. It's crazy. It's crazy. And they were allowing the just the perfect control of low and high shaft speed dampening. That means nothing to most of you. <laughs> but to me, that means that this car drives. Now, and, and please think about it this way. I have a GT350 that I drive every single day. I mean, not every single day, but it's my daily driver. And I want this in my garage along with my GT350. Two cars that compete against each other. Very awkwardly, even. The Camaro will not drive as well on the road, as far as I'm concerned. You can't see shit out of it. <laughs> but it's fast. It's cool. Has 305 uh, tires in the rear, just like my car. Um, actually, now that I think about it, it's 305s all around, I think, on that car. Actually, on the Z01, or the Z28. Uh, per, uh, it had Pirelli Trofeo R's at a time that was the that was the first production car um, usage for that tire. It's pretty crazy. Again, LS7 motor, <laughs> and if you did not get a sound system option in it, okay, if it had no sound system, it had it had still had one speaker, and one speaker is because they the regular federal regulations. Uh, say that you have to have a speaker for chimes for alert chimes, right? So door chimes, key chimes, stuff like that. But just such a cool, cool, cool car. I mean, these were 75, 76 grand back when they were new, almost, almost $80,000. And now you can have them for well under 40,000. <laughs> It's kind of it's kind of crazy because you know they're fast, they're fun, they're affordable, and there's no time like the present. Let's be honest. If you have the means, if you have the money, if you have the ability, there's no time like the present than to get something cool. Now, I'm not saying go out and offer somebody next to nothing for their car because I, I don't I don't mean that at all because I think that's rather rude. But there are deals to be had. There are deals to be had and deals to be struck. And just don't shake any hands because it's not necessary right now. Necessary? Is it necessary to drink my own urine? No, but it's sterile and I like the taste. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie Dodgeball, stop listening now. Go watch Dodgeball. Now, where I live in North Carolina, I also found a at a deal at an Audi dealership a 2008 Audi R8, 32,000 miles. It has a manual. It, I'm looking at nothing less than a manual. No automatics allowed. No dual clutch. And you're going to tell me, you know, well, the dual clutches are faster. The paddles are fast. I don't care. I don't want it. I don't want it as my personal car. Not my, not my cup of tea. Not my thing. Um, but it's, uh, $60,000. 32,000 miles. Oh, wait. All right. V V eight. We should have the V10 for 60 grand, but the V8 will do. Awesome, awesome car. Awesome motor. 4.2 liter V8. Uh, my dad had a V10, a 2017 Audi R8 V10. Not the plus, just a regular V8. I mean, just a regular V10. 
And uh, somebody had said to me, oh, it's a bummer your dad get, didn't get the plus. And I was like, have you driven the regular V10? They said, no, never, never driven the V10 R8. And I was like, what the shit? Don't, don't, no, no, no. Don't start telling me that, oh, you should have gotten the plus because it has a, has a little tiny spoiler on it. Kiss my ass. I drove the balls off of that R8 V10. And yes, I'm sure on the track, I could have noticed a major difference between the two. If you were, you know, if I really had it flogging, you know, if I really flogging each one, but around the street, oh my God, the standard V10 was just way more than enough. I mean, good Lord. I couldn't even extract more than eight tenths of its potential. Shit. I, I mean, let's be real. I probably wasn't extracting more than four tenths of its potential, <laughs> not on the street, not on back roads and stuff, but you know, God. And so you think about the R8, God, that, I mean, that thing was, I mean, it really, that, that V8, the 4.2 liter, that, that trusty old Audi V8. Yeah. The R8 to me, it, it kind of, um, it was a car that, that was kind of like a modern NSX, right? Now, for those who don't know the NSX, when it originally came out, it kind of changed the, the whole game. You know, it, it, it forced Ferrari and Lamborghini and even Porsche to produce cars that were fast, but more usable. Now, Porsches were a little bit different in the sense that they, they were definitely more usable than a Ferrari or a Lamborghini. But what I mean by that is that they also had to be reliable. The NSX was a Honda at its core. It had to be reliable. You had to go to a Honda dealership or you could go to a Honda dealership and get parts for it, right? Which was pretty remarkable at the time. And here was a car that was expensive. It rivaled anything from Ferrari, Lamborghini, except for the Diablo. <laughs> Didn't really rival the Diablo, but but you get what I mean. It was a it was a supercar in in Honda Accord clothing of sorts, you know. Uh, so it forced everybody to kind of stand up and go, okay, we got to make cars a little bit more usable, a little bit more daily drivable. You start it in the cold; it doesn't make weird noises. It still drives fine, you know. It still performs normally, right? And that's even you know how I think of the R8, the V8, when it first came out. Now, again, the Porsche and, and, you know, Ferraris and Lamborghinis, they'd become way more usable by this point. But the R8, now you could make a car or you could buy a car that was a quote-unquote supercar of sorts. As fast as a 911 Carrera S or 4S. And it was, it had the looks of a Lamborghini or a Ferrari, but for you know, half the price considering, you know, maybe a little bit less than half, depending on, you know, obviously what the options were on the Ferrari or the, or the Lamborghini or the Audi. And then of course they came out with a V10 model and the V10 was even better, right? Faster, louder, sounded amazing. Regardless, you can get both cars with a manual. Now you can only get the Audi R8 in a V10 with a dual clutch gearbox. And I very much so believe that it deserves a manual. Why do I feel that way? 
because manuals to me are better. They're the better driving thing. Now, again, you can email me josh at rawdust.com and argue, debate me, whatever. Um, but for me, a manual gearbox is better. At the end of the day, you're going to argue speed. You're going to argue and say, well, it makes the car faster. Okay. That's fine. There are plenty of things that are faster that aren't better, right? You can't convince me that a 911 Turbo is better than a Miata because it's faster. Just like you can't convince me that a current Z06, a C7 Z06 is better than my GT350 because it's faster. I don't care about that. Speed does not mean better. Faster doesn't equal better. So when you say, oh, well, it'll be faster around a racetrack. Okay, fine. Does not make it, but does not equate to being better. Because how do you know that when somebody goes to a a racetrack, they're not going to better themselves as a driver, not to be the fastest on the track. If you're driving these cars and they're cars you use on the road and you take them to a track, yes, you want to be faster than you were yesterday or the, or the weekend before or whatever, right? But it doesn't mean that every driver goes out there to be faster than every other driver. You go out you try and be consistent. Try and be a better driver. And by the way, there are cars that are slower that will turn faster lap times or better times in general than much faster cars. Why? Because of the driver. And some of those cars will have manuals. And some of the faster cars will have dual clutches slash automatics. The driver is the thing that makes it better. To me, a manual is better. For me. For you, you're going to argue the opposite. And that's fine whatever you prefer. But when you're arguing and debating me, don't talk about what's faster. And some people could even say that the dual clutches are more reliable. In most cases, that hasn't been the case. Or most automatics even, that hasn't been the case. Perfect example, Lamborghini's (laughs) E-Gear. A shitty automatic gearbox that had similar uh, repair intervals, and sometimes even worse, than the manual. So, BMW's SMG, not a good gearbox. Now, when you're really ringing it out on the track or on some back roads, yeah, it can be good. It can be pretty good. But as a daily car, nah. I just, I know people that have had them as daily drivers, SMGs, and they liked them a lot. They ended up liking them a lot. But some of those people would get into manual M cars and go, ooh, oh, damn. Mm. I do miss this. So, again, you can argue with me about automatics versus manuals, but for me, they're better. To me, they're better. Speed doesn't matter. Usability, fun, that matters most. But you're welcome to argue. Josh at Rawdust.com. I welcome it. I enjoy the criticism. I'm not afraid of it. I actually think it's more fun 
to debate and argue and go through these uh, conversations. Let's see. What other cars are on my car gurus? Uh, that's it. <laughs> I think that's it. This is Porsches and BMWs. And uh, my dad wanted us to look at Audi S5s and, and S4s. And maybe we could look at an S4, right? I'd really love to have an E90 M3 again. Ah, oh, I had an 09. Missed that car. Drove it from 33,000 miles to 66,000 miles in 15 months. Didn't have a problem. The only thing I had to go wrong with it was it needed a new battery. But that was, it wasn't even my fault. Uh, it was actually the fault of, um, I at the time I lived with my parents um, because uh, I, when I was, you know, while I was starting raw autos and creating raw autos, blah, blah, blah. I lived with my parents because I helped them take care of my dad's parents who lived in my parents' guest house. My grandmother had Alzheimer's and my grandfather was just really old. And then my mom's dad lived in the main house um, with us. And he actually lived in the bedroom next door to me when I was, uh, but my parents had a, a, you know, a rather large house. So we all kind of had our own space and everything. But, um, but basically I helped them to take care of my, all my grandparents that were living. Um, so it was, it was pretty tough. You know, things were, were, were tough, obviously taking care of a, a grandmother in her eighties and nineties with Alzheimer's that really did suck. But at the time, I mean, and this also allowed me to save money and be able to also afford some of these nicer, pricier cars, right? Um, so I had this E90 M3 that I'd bought used. Um, every Sunday, my this guy came to our house randomly. Really nice guy with his two sons. At this at the time, his sons were in high school. Uh, this guy named Leonard. Um, he came to came to the house and said, uh, "Hey, you know, um, I noticed you guys have a lot of cars in the driveway." And at this time I was, you know, I was testing cars and whatnot. So there were cars sprinkled around the driveway. There were, they had a big wraparound driveway, a three car garage on the side of the house and just this big parking pad, you know, between the, the garages. And it just, it was a huge area to park a lot of cars. And we had a lot of cars at that point. My parents had, I want to say six new cars. <laughs> Jesus. I sound like such a spoiled little shit. Um, I've been privileged all my life. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to tell you any different. Uh, so at the time, yeah, they had about six or seven cars sitting in the driveway. And uh, so he he uh, came, just knocked on the door and was like, hey, I, uh, my sons and I, we, we have this uh, mobile car wash, mobile detail uh, business. Um, you know, we work for car dealerships, you know, so we have you know, we work with them and we have high end detailing equipment. And would you guys like us to uh, detail your cars on the weekends? We were like, sure. What the hell? And it was very reasonable rates and they, God, they were exceptional. Um, and of course we always paid, we always paid way more than what they, what they, uh, originally quoted us because they were so good and they were, they were nice and they were great, great people. Um, and it was really cool. His father and his two sons, they were, they were twins. Great, fantastic people, honest, respectable, really just easy to get along with. Very kind. I I've always had a lot of fun joking around with them. Very sweet human beings. And, uh, I was away in Baltimore with my mom, my grandfather, and I came back 
And they had accidentally, they had washed my car on a Sunday because it came every Sunday morning. And we had come back um, that Monday, Monday morning. And so I got back. I was going to get in my car. And uh, I noticed that my car was dead. My door was uh, partially open, though. So it was not fully closed, right? Uh, So it was only latched. It wasn't fully closed shut. So I opened the car door and... uh, the key had been sitting uh, in the ignition the whole time. <laughs> so because of that, of course, the key had sat in the ignition and uh, just drained the battery. Um, you know, and and it was probably, I mean, it was it was probably already getting close to time to to change the battery anyway. So I obviously was not going to blame them for it because it it could have honestly, let's be real, could have happened to me. I could have done something stupid like that too. It happens. Not a big deal. Now, granted, the the battery was expensive as shit. I think the battery was at the time like $250, (laughs) like $250, $300, something like that. Um, and it, it really sucked because I had just paid that. The reason why they had washed my car, well, they washed every Sunday, but this time I had paid them what, like $300 to do a paint correction on it, which of course is ridiculously cheap to do a paint correction on a car. Um, and God, they did a remarkable job, they did a fantastic job, especially for paying 300 bucks. I couldn't believe that they only charged me $300. Um, I did end up giving them more, more money anyway, because again, they're fantastic people. Um, but, uh, um, but yeah, so I ended up changing a battery and, uh, that was a bitch because you got to get the batteries in the trunk. It's in the passenger side of the trunk and you got to get. And it's heavy as hell. And you got to get all the stuff out of the way. And I ended up having to, I had one leg in the trunk and one leg out. And you have to, uh, when you yank it, you have to yank it outward at an angle upward. And it was so awkward and weird. And you, I finally got it out, this heavy ass, big ass battery. And I finally got it out and just stumbled, almost fell onto my back with this battery on my chest barely barely stood it up because it was just so awkward and heavy um and bmw had i think it was like they had quoted me i think like 400 dollars or 350 dollars to change it at the dealership and i was like hell no now i understand why (laughs) now i understand i understood at that moment i was like holy shit now i get it oh my god i should have just left it at the dealership let them do this but it was rewarding and so that's another thing. If you have the ability to work on some of these cars yourselves, and, and luckily for my brother and I, we do have the abilities to work on these cars. Um, we, you know, we, we have the, the means, we have the way, we have the knowledge to be able to work on these cars to kind of fix them up and make sure that they're maintained, you know, properly. So, yeah. So what do you guys think? What do you think? What what cars? Name me some cars. Send me some cars that uh, that we should uh, we should be looking at, right? Modern cars, something from '90s to current that has uh, airbags, some safety features. You know, still a lot of fun to drive, enjoyable, and under preferably under fifty thousand. Sixty thousand would be extremely pushing it. Uh, to spend thirty grand each on a car would be it'd be pretty pushing it. But 
don't think we're necessarily opposed for the right car, but I'm, I'm telling you, I think mm, 45, 50 is probably going to be our limit because we also want to be able to make sure that we get a car that we can, you know, have a little bit left over to maintain or modify or do whatever, you know? Um, so yeah, on Friday, uh, I should have an interview for you on Friday. So when you listen to me on Friday, or not Friday, geez, <laughs> so used to doing all this stuff nine times a week, uh, next Monday, May 11th, I should have an interview for you. Um, I, I won't tell you who just yet, but anyway, it's a surprise. But also one of the things I will be talking to you about is I am actually looking at buying four raw autos and reviewing for the readers and, and for the listeners actually buying used cars. Okay. And, uh, living with them for a couple of months, two to three months, putting, you know, a thousand or a couple thousand miles on them, actually using them and, showing you what it is, what it will cost, uh, or what it could cost to maintain, uh, a, a, you know, certain types of used cars. So one of the used cars I'm looking at is actually an old, like early tooth, early to mid two thousands Volkswagen Passat wagon. So the old body style from, I'm looking at O twos, O fives, and maybe even an O eight. Uh, but spending like five or $6,000, maybe less, on a car with a hundred thousand or so miles, right? Living with it for a little while, kind of showing you what it's like. If these cars are even usable, daily usable, maintainable, you know, by, by normal standards, uh, because look, what, what do Volkswagens have issues with electronics? You know, they say by a hundred thousand miles on some of these older 2000 to mid 2000 cars, you know, if <laughs> you're going to have some serious uh, some serious uh, electronic gremlins creeping up about a hundred thousand miles. So I'd like to buy some of these cars that, that typically are known for having issues or potentially having issues. And I'd like to buy and try and maintain them, fix them up, kind of see what it, what it would cost. But also if you can do it, if you can own these cars without a real struggle on your wallet. Okay. So give me some ideas for cars that you would like to see me potentially go out and buy. Uh, and I'd have to actually, you know, I'd be buying car, one car at a time. Right. Uh, and doing this and then getting sponsors, you know, uh, maybe, uh, advanced auto parts, you know, companies like that, that would be willing to, to, you know, sponsor these, uh, these, um, uh, projects. And it's all about in the name of making sure that people can find good deals on cars but also understand what the what the future, what their future with these cars could look like. So give me some of your ideas, josh at rawautos.com. I think I'm going to leave you for now, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And again, be sure to listen on Monday, May 11th, my birthday, to a new, beautiful Rawautos podcast. And just remember that every morning you wake up, put some of that good old-fashioned freeze-dried Folgers in your cup. And of course, listen to the Rollers podcast. And as always, happy motoring.